0: Welcome. to this is not a reunion podcast from Beautiful Inch Recording. Woo hoo! With uh, this guy, James Mattern, today.
1: Hello, to the love of my life.
0: <laughs> what an honor to see I'm gonna you. Gonna try so hard to be nice can, to you. I
2: kind of feel like we need to get James a way better introduction. Well,
3: that's nice, you personally. I a thought soul. Rachel did a very good you know job, what? but then she didn't go for it. Yeah, Nick. she didn't describe who James is. So why yeah. don't you? Nicholas? I mean,
2: like, I mean, because what? Because James and I are, are buddies in the in the wrestling world. So I always would like to be like. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. Ooh. from Las Vegas, Nevada, weighing in at 185 pounds. <laughs> James <laughs> the Mad Dog, Matter.
0: Formerly known as. There's a Mad lot Dog. wrong with that, but I appreciate it. That you. was uh, <laughs> Mr. Nick Angelo, yeah. co host. And then we have such another special guy today, you know. uh, Emilio Savone with Thank us, you. the club owner.
3: Thank you, all 40 of you. That's like a Richard's First thing. of all, we
0: have way more than 40 listeners now. I know. We're crushing it.
3: Every, you know, <laughs> Nick has really brought a sophistication to this whole pro, this whole thing. And Rachel, you just keep getting more <laughs> lovely and more lovely.
0: Why Hello, does she get to be sophisticated? I want to be sophisticated.
3: Fine. You're sophisticated. You become more lovely and lovely. You are so
1: sophisticated Damn, right. in that concert shirt from 87, whatever you're wearing.
0: It's actually new, but it's meant to look vintage. Oh, it
3: looks good. like a
1: full horseman shirt, it.
0: which
3: you're actually wearing.
1: Oh, I am wearing a four Horseman shirt.
3: James, okay. the word on the street is that it's become difficult to get you here to do this podcast. And What's I'd like the to word know on why. that?
1: Well, I live like in Tijuana. Like, I live very far yeah. from New York. I live at the bottom of Brooklyn.
0: That's your fault. You could have lived in my building.
1: No, I could have lived in your building if you would have listened have to me asking apartment. if anyone knew if an apartment no, no, was no, available no, they, for two weeks straight. But you waited <laughs> till the 14th day to be like, oh, my God, there's a place open and it was too late. You All meant right. well. I mean, for you, that counts. You get effort points. Thanks. Thank you.
2: Anywho. James, is a big week for you, right?
1: This is a very huge week. What do you got coming up? I have an album coming out August the 16th. Woo-hoo. It's called No Segways. It was the first record ever recorded at the second location of this wonderful club, New York Comedy Club on 4th Street. I'm very honored to do it. Um, it's taken a while to put out because we're crazy, but it's, it was recorded in October in a tumultuous time of my life where Rachel couldn't get me an apartment so I had to go real far <laughs> and it was a
0: great album recording I was there it oh was my awesome. goodness it was well, so cool cool. she ever gave me
1: a compliment after like 13 years of knowing her <laughs> Rachel, Rachel
0: was an integral part of the album
1: recording too oh, how
0: many beers did I drop that night <laughs> I
1: had to we had to edit a track because you I could hear your voice dropping checks as I'm doing my last god she's like bit. do you want
3: another drink one more drink would you like just one more drink Huh? What? Listen, what?
2: this is to benefit you.
3: I Would you like one you more money. drink I'm during happy. this live
2: recording? You, you have could a live hear- recording. Would you like one more? You could hear. You've never
3: seen audience member uh, shush the waitress. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you could hear me at one point
1: in the raw recording of the first show. You can. First of all, I can because I know me can hear a pause where I'm starting to cook and process what's going on. I'm like. Is there checks? What is going on? I just need to land this. I forgot to put it. I went into it. I thought everyone knows this is a joke. What are we doing? And then at one point, I just go, hey, Rach, can we wait? And you just, (laughs) oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, I could see your face through the recording. A moment of humility and embarrassment for once in your life.
0: First of all, second of all, and third of all, Andrew told me to drop. So it's really his fault. I would not have dropped until I got the word. He's
1: not on the mic and you are so you have to pay the piper
3: and james who uh so who did you end up uh, who was involved in the album meaning like who uh who's your label uh why did you choose that label what was the process of the album and i'm asking this for for specific reasons i know that this was a a big thing for you so So as it is for most comics
1: comedy records man out of toronto um barry reached out to me i believe you probably had something to do with that i think you did and appreciate. I legit that.
3: wasn't asking that because of that reason, but you knew Barry before me, did you? A know? little
1: bit, yes. And he was good. He called me for coffee. I was gonna listen. I was actually gonna take meetings with other people, mm-hmm. and then uh, I'm sitting with Barry in this this nice coffee in a swank neighborhood. By that I mean three blocks from the club. And um, he brought up something really, really crazy, man. He was like, "Hey, man, here's the thing. I want it to be on on to get radio. I want you to make money." But don't do it just for that. Make this the best record ever. And if no one listens to it, fine. But he's like, make this your 36 chambers. He compared making my uh, comedy album to doing a (laughs) Wootin'. Did he say that? He wants you to put the effort. You are making something that is going to last. So if I get hit by a car, God forbid, on the way out here, that album will be... We'll live on, but I'll be gone. 30 years from now, it'll still be in the cloud. So put your best effort and make the best record you can make. Did and Matt at that did point, I go, I'm not taking any meetings. This is the guy for me. So. Mm-hmm. Did
3: Barry actually make the 36- Yes, trend? he sure. did.
1: <laughs> and then I said, like, Paul's Boutique. but I don't think he's as big a Beastie Boys fan as me, but it's fine.
3: Well, we should give them a shout out. You know, Barry Taylor runs a- uh, Comedy a, Records. A, a comedy Records, which is a label. What? A, first of all, fantastic name. How he yeah. got that name, Comedy Records, is beyond me. It's I'm amazing. sure he
1: thought about it for a long time. In the
3: yeah. world,
2: in the world of SEO and Google search, that is by far the best.
3: Yeah, but Barry's uh, Barry really is like one of the good dudes. He's salt of the earth, and uh, he has a great roster of comedians that he works with. He he uh, not only does you know recordings, but he also manages a lot of the good Toronto comics. Has worked with guys like Nathan and Berg, and so it was delightful to have you uh, do it with him, especially. But he was great. Um, and how was your preparation to the album recording? Because, again, you take things very, very seriously. You know, you, you put your whole heart and soul into every project that you do. So this is a big thing for you, right, tonight, uh, to having a party and releasing the album and all this stuff. So what was the process like for you?
1: So it was, uh, a, it was weird because I was hosting a lot. And that's what I do. And I also was in the – so it was like the craziest month of my life. So I was in the midst – of uh, auditioning for a warm up job, which would have ca- changed my life. So that's a whole week of doing that. I then had to host to make my my bills. I moved into a studio in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, that I thought was agreed upon as a sublet. I two days before I move, I find out that um, the landlord won't let me move in. I'm t- 20 minutes from going to Philly to do road gigs. I almost had to cancel that. The guy smoothed it over, said, you're good, man. Just meet the guy next week, man. He gets it. He was just a little nervous. He'll probably raise the rent a little more. Cool. I wait a whole week moving in. The day before I audition for this warm-up gig to start this long week where I'm getting up early and doing this, um, he says I have to vacate, and he won't even meet me, and starts talking like I'm a criminal, like like I broke in, and I had to start searching for an apartment it was just very frantic and then in two weeks i'm recording an album and i don't know where i'm living and i'm also trying to get a job that could change my life and it was just a uh,
0: very Jones. difficult
1: and it was very hard to even care about like this thing that you had set we'd moved back the date several times when we were recording this was now to go this was going to happen you couldn't get half pregnant at this point we were doing this and um it seemed like everything was in absolute chaos And so the day of, uh, this guy, I believe, uh, either I called you or you called me. I think you called me, which is a rarity. And I think you just sensed it. And I was toying with not going... And my, bo- my body hurt. I could barely move. And I had just gotten a massage, too, so I should have been okay. And I was just like, I don't think I'm going to be able to make this. And mm. I think you should probably... Uh, I don't know what you're going to do. Maybe we'll do a house show. And you're like, I think you'll be fine. He said this, too? I was yeah. kind of melting. I, I was did. just... I didn't want to do... And the emotion about like yeah, people who were no longer there to see it and be a part of it, that all catches up with me. And just the whole nonsense of... This even really mattering in show business, like th- that we care so much about it when there's like real things in the world. And what does it really matter? All that nonsense went through my head. But the you need. But of you, doing it.
0: I know, but you need that. People need that. You think that it's irrelevant, but they need it to help with their day and help with all the shit that they're going through. And I'm sure it's therapy for you too. Once you get on stage,
1: it ended up being fine. And then the next day, I didn't even leave my apartment other than. Get- Food. I uh, ended up not working at another place. They double booked me, and it was the happiest I've ever been double booked. I'm <laughs> like, "Yep, I'll stay in today." And uh, it was like emotionally draining. I felt like a boxer. I treat every like big gig like a fight. Like, I usually eat clean and work out every day and don't <laughs> drink. And then the day of, I'll eat whatever, and then when we're done, I have a blowout. and I drink, and then the next day, I just eat, and maybe if I want to drink, and then I need to collapse. And that, that definitely, I felt like I had fought a championship fight. Cut the gloves, and you're not going to see me in the ring for a while. Well, it
2: was a knockout, James.
1: Well, thank you, oh, yeah, Nick. I can hear up. your laugh throughout the record, and that's I appreciate what, that's it.
3: That's right. Aww. And what's, what's the difference between, like, doing, like, something like an album where you know it's being recorded, it's going to be... Uh, intact forever right yeah. versus doing like a weekend headliner because you know if you're doing like a weekend headliner somewhere you're doing it's a lot of sets i mean you're doing back to back what four shows on Hell a weekend yeah. with 45 minute sets i mean that's grueling and exhausting right whereas at the album you're doing the same thing back to back one night but you know you you know it's being filmed right you know it's being taped is your mentality change is it kind of the same I don't know, what, what's the, again, If you walk us through that? Well,
1: you're, you're looser when you're it because it's not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. So even if it's great, cool, you move on. If it's horrible, who's going to remember? Maybe those people. You won't, even know, you won't even see them again. But you're recording an album. You're spending money to make it. Mm. People are coming to support you. Um, just there's a lot of cogs in it waiting for this. And um, if you don't get it, you don't ever get it. You have to go do it again. And it's not as not that easy to just say, "Hey, can I get a do-over?" This isn't kickball in third grade, so
3: there's more pressure to land it. So that's the thing. And now there's the there's the and I'm you know I'll let you guys ask, but I have a, I want to I am curious about this especially. There is the element of promoting it, getting to that place, running your hour, you know the whole thing, setting it up right. And then there's like three parts. There's actually probably four parts to this. They're setting up the whole thing, preparing for it the night of, and then everything that happens after right? So what's the process like from the second you're done recording it? Now what? Now you're dealing with Barry. What's the what's the conversation? Obviously, you have to get it. You have to cut it. Like what, what, What's the process after the album's actually recorded?
1: Here's the process. I get sent the rough mixes. I listen to three minutes of it, and I shut it the fuck off because I don't, <laughs> don't want to hear myself. And then I go, you got to do this. And then you listen to it, and you hear yourself getting laughs, and it's equal parts. Yeah, that's good, man. I'm good. And Equal parts self-loathing. Holy shit. This audience laughs at anything. They uh, should challenge themselves more. I'm a fraud. <laughs> what am I doing? It is an equal... Bu- I ended up listening to the whole thing, walking to the gym, and going, I-, I should probably quit this. This is crazy. This is a fraud. I don't know what to do. And then I didn't listen to it again forever. Is, and it, then,
0: is it just hearing yourself back? like Because you don't normally do... Th- do but, you normally do that?
1: No. And it just there's... I had already... Uh, <laughs> thought of better ways to tell jokes and hooks. And I think I, I flubbed the line, but it was still hit. And we, we're going to keep it in. But it's like, oh, no, I could do that better. It's just, I, I feel good, ironically, and I don't compare myself to this genius, but even a genius goes through this. So that's, that's a healthy thing to right. know is I watched a documentary, Big Shock, on uh, Goodfellas and Martin Scorsese's at the premiere with Nicholas Poliggi, the writer, in goddamn tuxedos at the Ziegfeld. And three minutes in, he's like, "See, we could have done this. I could have edited that. We, if we would have got one more stab <laughs> at it." And Peleggi had to go. We're in tuxedos. Just enjoy it, Marty. But it's great that that's like, that you're in company with with someone who like that who gives a like. Even yeah. Martin Scorsese wasn't happy with arguably the greatest movie of all time. Well, that's
2: great because you don't want to settle and you always want to strive it. to be better. But don't let it hang up on you either. You, know, you like, gotta move you on. Yeah, gotta move forward. I want to. What I want to talk about. It's probably how you got the title to the album. Um, we talked about this before, right before you recorded, as uh, as you're turning your hey, th- hey, hey. hey. Th- there's there's a lot Sorry. of drink war going on. on table. Um, you're 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 a host, you know, and for my money, you're the best host in New York City, and I'm not just saying that because you're my buddy. Like, I think a lot of people would agree with that and because of that
0: i I love him because of
2: that you're doing a lot of crowd work (laughs) you know you're every every time you're on stage it's different because every audience is different how did that how did doing that all the time go into actually recording an album of material
1: yo it's just like difficult because it's uh i don't ever do big chunks Mm -hmm. i mean i'll headline here and there on the road but um It's not my natural muscle. And so, yeah, it was weird even to practice. Like, how do you do it? It's like, hey, guys, can I do 50 up front before I bring up your first comic? Because I have an album. (laughs) Can I be selfish? (laughs) You're like, you can't really. So you have to. It got to the point where I had to. I don't want to say sacrifice the the greater good of the show because that's my job as a host. But that's my bookings for the week. And I have to figure out how to practice a few jokes, whether it's appropriate for this crowd or not. I have to sneak in a few minutes. So I at least have said it a couple times before I go into that Friday where we recorded it. So it was kind of a weird thing. I couldn't just do a set that was going to automatically work or whatever or fit perfectly because I needed to make sure I got some reps like at the gym. So it was a real tough decision because I don't ever want to make a bad decision and hurt the overall show because my job is to – Anchor the ship for everyone else yeah. and, every, and help make everyone else the best they can be.
2: I think you even said before the the recording, at least the one I was at, you were like, hey, listen, I want to dive into the crowd. I want to talk to you, but let's just get through this. <laughs> let's get through this. Yeah. And then we'll t- do some Q&A.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did that. that and that, <laughs> we were thinking of keeping that in. in but uh, the second show, that audience clearly wanted to work crowd work. <laughs> and when I did that, I mean, there's probably about 20, 30 minutes of fucking around that worked on that show that we could have put on the record but we didn't yo man bonus
3: content which y'all want yeah. <laughs> so you mean, wait are you guys not gonna release some sort of uh...
1: I don't think so not as now but maybe who knows baby
0: do you feel like the first one did you like the first one or the second one better first one was by far better why is that like I'm there for most of them and like I know we have two but it's it seems to be always first one always the first one you're more like you would, would the second
2: one and it's not as not as crisp it could
1: be that the fact that everyone's already says you already got it. And yeah. so then you, it, it's almost like you cut part of the glove as a boxer. Yeah. Um, I could just tell just sitting in the back that they just didn't have the same energy. And I think a lot of people did not know what they're into, that they were going to an album recording. Well, so I also think the thinks. later
3: audience plays into it. It's a little. There's more. There's just more intangibles that happen. And you go to an earlier crowd, even though it's eight o'clock, it's not that early. Or when we do our seven o'clocks. Right, the, those audiences. I mean, they're there. They're attentive. They're they're not as much of a drinking audience. When you get the nine fifteen or the ten thirty crowd, they're a little rowdy. have been boozing a little bit. They're a little rowdy, and I think
1: a couple the, of drinks at
3: supper. And I think the performer realizes okay, supper. there's just a different buzz. There's just a different. It's a different energy, and I think it <laughs> speaks to just when you do something when it's your first time up again. If you think of an athlete, right. I mean, if if you're doing a doubleheader at a baseball game, you're just gonna be more fresh in that first game, even though you might be more relaxed in the second. You're, you're the beat. first game, you're just you're just you everything is just so you're, you're just also going. you're also yeah. a sense
2: relieved after the first one goes yeah. well and you know you got it in the can. You're like well, fuck, let's just have a little bit of fun.
1: Yeah, it's I've struggled with that in general, like on weekends because I end up hosting or working usually a uh, two or three, sometimes four times in a night, and it is real tough to host one show and come back. So I'm like, there's things I do now that I've adopted that are, like, mentally to get me correct. And even diet-wise, it's crazy, it seems. But it's, like, a difficult thing. So a night like that, though, I now have to... I'm shaking hands because people are coming in and out and mm-hmm. saying hi. And there's people who came to see you on the first show, and you got to give them love, but you're also... I should treat this like a fight and get ready for the next one and I probably didn't prep myself as well as I should have I, it was fine it, We did what we did and the records gonna be okay well, How
0: could you if you've been going you going through like the craziest it shit ever? Rough. It must have been really hard to prepare
1: luckily I found an apartment and I wasn't going to be homeless in a week, but it was getting <laughs> close
3: now James Was being a host something that you wanted to because you are the established host in the city was this something that you set out to do or were you like, you know what, this is my lane, this is what I'm really good at? I
1: never thought this was going to happen and plenty of people told me it wouldn't happen and I was told that I could not do jokes and then I started doing jokes and then I heard that I shouldn't do jokes and it was kind of like uh, the next evolution for me was to get to this where I could host but also have some alright material and so putting out an album in a sense... Is about a validation. Man, that is not English, but whatever. (laughs) Validation of me as a uh, not just a host, but as an actual comedian. And it's also an you to people who told me what my lane was and told me um, what the rules were for me. There's no rules. I'll do whatever I want. And I'll go uh, whatever lane I want to go into, man, that I feel is correct. Uh, I listened to the Muse, and this is what the Muse told me to do. It was time to put out a record. And we did. And I'm very happy about it. I don't know if people are gonna like it. I hope um, that is now the uh, big fear of uh, that uh I'll get like some bad review, but it shouldn't matter. I put in the work, it's a part of me, it's it's it, the magic's there, it feels like it'll be all right. But uh there that is the scary part. Maybe people don't like it, but whatever, even if they don't the comedy records loves it, gonna be I'm another sure, one, right? So that's all that matters. Yeah, I mean but of Are you, I pre- tell are you prepping
2: for the second one already?
1: Yeah, I think and it's. I think it's probably going to be the better record. Well, what, I, I happen, what happens Why? if
2: everybody loves this record and then you're going to have to be homeless again just to get that? Oh, get, <laughs> that energy. Get to get that mojo. Funny, there'll again. be something, believe me. <laughs> there'll be something. Um, you said something, and I. I wanted, I wanted to talk about this uh, right before you said you were about you were auditioning for a warm-up gig. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that because we don't yeah. really ever talk about warm-up gigs. If you don't want to, just say no. No, baby. I but say yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> explain to our listeners who may not know what even the hell this is. I mean, if you've never watched Crashing, you may not know what the hell a warm-up gig is.
1: So what? you go out before they tape a TV show to the live audience, and you're like, Hey, guys, you know, blah, 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 and you do that. I do it a little different because I try to be... Um, artistic still in that but like uh my job is to get them ready to be a part of an audience and get captured having excitement on the airs for like a daytime show or to laugh at punchlines on a late night show or for like a comedy taping yeah and it's like what i did up north for a week
2: and they do that before just about every live studio audience right yeah, yeah but sometimes they don't and
0: pay during for commercial one. breaks and like stuff like that just to keep them like active and like
3: you just poke them the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an experience for them, and they're going to like a live. Like I was at the uh, Daily Show recently, and you know, it's it's you know that's that again. Like you're watching the Daily Show on TV, you have to. You're not realizing there's a an audience there that's there for like three hours, and what are they supposed to do? Just sit there? I mean, that's an experience. Yeah. So the warm up guys there to create an experience for them and make it you know more of fun and interesting, entertaining, and engaged and all that stuff. So, well, how
2: different is that from doing your stand up? So
1: that's different. Some jobs, you really can't be a stand up in it. Sometimes you are just like a cheerleader and it's like, Hey, like sometimes these daytime things uh, that I've done auditioned for almost got before they got canceled uh, fill in for it is less of what you'll see or hear on this record. Uh, some of the jokes will be told edited um, because they're like 75 year old women who later are going to go play Marjon. They don't want to hear your edgy food joke with yeah. F, the F word in it. They don't want yeah. that baby. Um, So there's that and a lot of just, hey, man, I just, man, you know what I do? It's really crazy. You're a wrestling dude. I cut promos. Yeah. Even when I do it for, like, stand-up. So, like, when I was in Montreal, I did a bunch of tapings. One was kind of a talk show, but it also had stand-up in it. And then the others were, like, stand-up. So I can do jokes, but I can't open with jokes. I have to do a little crowd work to get them loose, which I will do that anyway in, like, a talk show. But also... Hey, I want to convince people that this next hour or so is the most important thing in the world. Just like a wrestler's trying to convince you, or at least back in the day when it really mattered, to buy the pay-per-view. Come to the Greensboro Arena. I want you to know that, all right, you're here. You could have been anywhere, but we're going to make this the best. And if you think it's going to be corny because it's TV and TV's goofy, you're wrong. This is going to be magical, and you're going to brag about being a part of this uh, situation, and it's going to be something you'll remember forever. It's my job to get that in their head from the jump. I'm also trying to convince myself that from the jump. So yeah, it, what it really works is when everyone buys in, man.
2: Yeah. Well, me and you are definitely going to talk a little wrestling later, but well, I'm going to try. I'm to try to stay oh, on track make until sure till the quickly. end. Um, but you were just what you uh you were just that um you just did the warm up for what show? It's on NBC now bring the funny bring the funny you did the oh I did up for, up for
0: that I, did. Did. I should have my research you should well
2: <laughs> what is your usual research
1: <laughs> you know, ordering something on seamless
0: <laughs> I don't even have seamless anyway that's um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, strange you <laughs> uh, did not even use how was anymore. that
1: oh it was interesting that was more I mean I had to kind of che- do wrestling and cheerleading more for that Yeah, okay. but it was fine it was a great show and now I got to see some really cool acts were, you, you, were you doing
2: that in between the acts at all as they like set up or was it just like Yo, so they film a lot of reality. Yeah. In the
1: back, you was that couldn't, in L.A. or was that here? L.A. Okay. Uh, they couldn't turn on um, music, which is great for commercials, and um, and I couldn't use a mic. So in between <laughs> things, I basically was like doing table magic. Like I was going <laughs> to table by table, working the room. I really would like to do some kind of a special like that. I, uh, I want to ask one of our friends who uh, is putting out stuff. Through his own measures, we'll leave it like that, Amelia. About that would be an interesting like stand-up special. Just get forty people in a room and like 15, 20 tables, and people, uh, guys, just basically working individually throughout the room, and you just film that and put out the best like thirty minutes of that. Because it, it wasn't like the ideal way to do it, but I did notice. And I've done similar stuff in the past. There are some real things. It's like a real fight or flight to keep them engaged. And to be charming and funny there, and there were some things that came out of me that I was very happy with. I'm like, wow, this was only the only way I would it would come out of me is because I knew I had to do this, and there was no other option. It was kind of like the old Reservoir line, uh, Reservoir Dogs line. Sometimes you got to shit your pants and jump in. Yeah, I'm go. sure
0: there's parts of it that you really appreciate. I know you said there was a lot of great acts on there. I I watched. Uh, an episode and I, it was hard maybe because I'm around like such raunch all the time that it was like wow this is like so clean like ugh like, well it's not supposed to be the stri- like a stand up comedy it's just
2: it just comedy in general like a very broad blanket or am I wrong yeah it's
0: got like um, they got all types of performers right Uh,
1: man I wish this was a video podcast. your face
2: right now
0: (laughs) man they
1: got all kinds like those those people who go uh, what's what's your line he's got a goddamn
2: puppet on his hand look at this jerk off over here doing improv
1: so here's the beauty with it I am a snobby New York comic and I go there and I see a lot of great LA comics we we shit on them all the time they're doing their thing Um, we usually hate the clean cut comics I saw people work clean they were great We love to hate on magicians. Saw some really dope magicians. Jared Fell is a unique, edgy punk rock dude. I drank with him my last night there at the comedy store, and one of his buddies from Australia, who's a fucking riot, that dude. Shout out to you. Don't remember your name. You probably don't either, based on what I saw that night. But you're a good dude, man. Um, I saw sketch. We hate sketch. We hate improv. I saw some really... Unbelievable acts there, man.
0: So you give me a new respect. For-
1: <laughs> yes. And some musical acts. And it just reminds you that comedy can be once again whatever the fuck you want it to be. There should be no limits. And you don't have to do those things you don't like. Yeah. But other people do like it and they're gonna do the best. And I saw it, man, and I get it. I I don't like working like filthy filthy, and I try to reduce cursing on stage. In real life, fuck it. I like to curse as much as I can, but on stage I try not to. But um there is that stigma that when people don't curse, they're not good or not edgy. I mean, and that's just a fallacy. I mean, I some think it's people a
0: bigger skill to yes. be able to be funny and be clean.
1: But but if it's not your lane, it's difficult. Then to take it one level and then have to think hard about not cursing. So that's difficult. But I mean, Gaffigan and Bragazzi are beasts, and they don't curse. And Ryan Hamilton, beast. He don't curse. You know, and they're just great. It's like, you know. It, but it, it was a great lesson to learn how big our community is and how all-encompassing and how unique people can be. And I really liked it. I can't tell you who makes the final, um, but I was very impressed with what I saw, man. There's some interesting choices, and I uh, became fans of them. Can you say
0: if it was a New York or an L.A. comic who made the final? I
3: can't say nothing. I mean, if it's funny, it's funny, right? Yeah, there's a lot of snobbery in comedy. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah, I before. Think there, it's, it is—it is pretty unbelievable. You know, I mean, the reality is just be, as long as you're funny. I mean, people are always trying to dissect it. Oh well, this joke is hack, or what he's doing is a, or she or he or she is doing is a is a trick, or that's that, or this is that. I mean, remember back in the day, like every comedy club used to have like a prop comic you well, know or like my it, next it was album. like but to your point there wasn't uh, <laughs> <I'd laughs> like, oh, mad <laughs> props i would be a great prop comic oh no, but it's but it's true man and it's like you know that's as awesome as the new york comedy scene is it is also kind right of refreshing now. to go sometimes outside of the city because there are people doing other shit a lot of times outside of new york especially because there isn't that much of like the ridicule that you're going to get. I mean, New York comics are ruthless. They yeah, will ridicule you to death. And, they, and, and sometimes I do think comics forget. They play so much to the back of the room. You and I talked about this. I remember I was really frustrated yeah, a few you were. months ago. I like to do.
1: I don't think I actually do it at this percentage. What were you frustrated? Percentage, But I, a little bit. I try my mind. Not try, but I joke about it. Like four for you, one, one for the back. Like, I, I like to have a few for the back of the room. I think it's important to have a few for the back of the room. And just but, just
2: to clarify, the back of the room means the comics in the back of comics, the room. Comics, the staff. The, one, the ones who yeah. get the inside jokes, yes. not the crowd, not the audience. Yes.
1: that that There's a, a little bit of that, and I like that. So that's, at best, 20%. Probably should be even less, and it probably really is with me. But... Um, my job is to entertain
3: these people who are spending their hard-earned money. And how did, that how is it the get job. to that? But when when, when did it but, get to that though? Like when did just when when did it go from be funny, make the audience laugh to you know play to the back of the room?
1: Well, it's your peers. It's the people you respect. It's the people that you're challenging each other to do something in the audience. But if the might audience get but, it, but if
3: the audience isn't laughing, that's then fine. What but, is the point? But there's musicians who probably are millionaires who can't
1: play like the great players. So this is. Sure, I'll make my living and entertain these people, but here's me showing my actual chops to fellow musicians. So this is me. I can play a three-chord hit, but now I'm also going to do a Rush song and a five-minute solo.
0: So is that more validating for you? Well, it's
1: good to be. I mean, it's a balance. You want to make a living. and be. There's some people who just play the back of the room and have the respect of their peers, but they're broke. And they might get one TV spot, but they have a day show. I I mean, people don't understand that. There's people who I know are darlings and are getting so close to getting things, but our waiting tables still have a day job Mm -hmm. because, and you'll hear people involved in comedy, like club owners, like I love them. They're great. Yeah. So when they're playing your club again, well, um Thursday. You should come see this lineup. We got so-and-so and so, because they can't play them because they're, they aren't consistent with actual paying audiences. I've seen it. Throughout the years, I, it's a pretty
2: crazy thing. I think, to answer Emilio's question, is like when when was the breaking point of that? Like, when did it become... Probably it was always there. I think, I think yeah, it was always there, but I, I really Early think... Early 90s? Yes, when... Alt? um Maybe. When Larry the Cable Guy became wildly successful, and then there were shows like, uh, uh, what was it, uh, <laughs> Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, and people would watch that, and they would pick a side. They'd be like, you know what? I'd rather sit there and talk shit with these guys... With Patrice and Geraldo, instead of watching this hack, selling out arenas, making millions of dollars, making millions, millions of people laugh. And they're like, oh, he's a hack. And I think that divide, that's when it started to really split, really start to splinter. And I think people picked a side. And I think that's why now when you see a guy come up and tell, tell jokes about, don't you guys hate when you're t- on the shitter swiping left <laughs> and the audience is losing it?
3: Yeah, well, it's like that with everything, you know, it's even like that with food, right? I mean, you it's like, you know, you can fast food, everyone, you know, you go to fast food, it tastes good. But it's not refined food. It's, you know, really have an appreciation for it. So then you have like these sophisticated places making these kinds of burgers. You know, it's like anything. I mean, you can really do that. Yeah. There's always going to be those two sides or something that's going to be more commercial, more like, you know, it's just more, it's not really, uh, there's nothing really to it, but it tastes good or it sounds good or it is good. And then there's something that's a little more sophisticated, a little more, you know, involves a little more snobbery. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a but, time and
1: place for both. I prefer to go out and have a nice meal. But, man, when I'm on the West Coast drunk at 3 in the morning, we jacking in the box.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we, we're not
1: going to no Brazilian Steakhouse at 3 in the morning. We're getting an Ultimate Cheeseburger with no mayo, no ketchup, and a large curly yeah, fry. And I, and
3: I think you can have an appreciation for all of it. You know what I mean? I think Please tell me little red riding Hood. Yeah, my Amelia grandma was, here?
2: currently putting on his little red jacket <laughs> with a hood on right now. You no know, matter funny, man.
3: You know, he's always smirking. Like you're be talking and he does his little smirk and it's like am I'm I saying to the back of the room? Am I saying something wrong right now?
2: <laughs> you just don't get it. You don't get it. Baby. That's a, but that's a. Uh, I think that the phrase "too smart for the room" has become something that's just it's complete utter bullshit. It's just like too smart for the room is that the audience just don't get you. And I've heard comics. Oh, it was too smart for the it room. It can go both ways.
1: No, so I'll be blunt and it's my job to connect with an audience to get them ready for everyone else and, and to help everyone's shit, right? Just sometimes they, um, <laughs> they're a little below. Yeah. They're, they're, look, there is truth that there are bad audiences, and sometimes they mm. don't play to the, uh, to the level of the comic. And there's plenty of times when the comic doesn't play to the level of the room. It's beautiful when it all comes together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's our job to maybe raise them up and make them play a little better so we could do a little better on that as a, as a community. And as a group but there are times they aren't there there's a time we just randomly the
3: audience got... on what's funny <laughs> well,
1: no but sometimes they don't got no sometimes it's, why are you laughing at that it? that's not funny. you <laughs> should be laughing at this <laughs> yeah my album that first one uh, um no it, but there's sometimes they don't bring it uh i'm not a huge fan of these cats now but there was a time i used to listen to opie and anthony and there was the, a time that i remember opie called out his uh, his audience he goes you guys give us shit all the time when you when we have a bad episode um, you, you, your call-ins and your uh, emails, you didn't have it today. You'll come bring it tomorrow. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have it. Yeah, It was a very interesting point of view that I don't think is necessarily wrong. Sometimes you just got the random group of 30 to 200 people who just were, did not mesh together. They're, man, there is an energy that gets created the minute people sit down as they're ordering drinks, before they order drinks, after they order drinks, before the, 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 uh, the first comic goes on. There's a connection with the music. That's why it is kind of important. And sometimes people don't think that. That starts then. Totally. It starts then. 100%. The energy. I can the usually se- tell who's good Yo, before ex- I even grab the mic. It, start- it starts, it.
3: It, honestly, it starts from the second they go on a website to buy the ticket. It's, it starts
1: <laughs> there. And when they all sit together, that's when they go from individuals to one group. So and sometimes they don't come together. Sometimes they stay a bunch of individuals, and those shows aren't great. Mm. It, that's just what it is. Like it's an interesting thing.
0: One thing I noticed this week in particular, we've had a gazillion people come back, like come back like two and three times. What do people do. For now. Well, you know,
3: it's it's you know it, we're we're pushing hard the anniversary stuff. We're doing a lot of loyalty stuff. No, you but know? like
0: it's not even like re- I mean, it probably is sort of about that, but it's like people are just like, I fucking loved it. Yeah. And like this was like the and or I had people stay on Sunday for all three shows. Yeah, like it's like that's like ten hours of comedy. Yeah, so I mean, yeah.
3: Well, you know, I I think Or six. I think uh, well six, again it's, like no, it's listen, more than- I because <laughs> I, I I genuinely believe you know people will say. You know, there's that discussion of is Netflix and all these other platforms and streaming, is it going to hurt the live comedy experience? And I, you know, I tend to be a little more of an idealist and more positive, but I think it's the other way. Right. I think it's going to help the live experience because I think people have so much access to comics or artists now, be it listening to an album or listening to a podcast or whatever that they want. Everything now, people want to feel like they're – I think that whole festival kind of set up, you know, people like being at places for long times. It's not like back in the day where people – I think people's attention spans, even though they maybe can only really pay attention for like a few minutes, <clears throat> I think they want to be part of something longer. <clears throat> I think if you tell – if someone has the ability to stick around and just hang out for 10 hours at a comedy venue or a music venue, they will mm-hmm. versus kicking them out after an hour and a half or two hours. You know what I mean? That's because- absolutely valid. Yeah,
1: festivals are huge when the music industry is totally. going under now people are going to live shows because it is a shared experience in that moment But yes. now festivals are huge too because it is a huge. We're gonna get a lot of stuff We might not like it all but we're getting more bang for the buck and we're sharing it with a bunch of people What a brilliant way to look at it and that's probably a good reason why lineups should not be some clubs forever would book the same exact lineup on the weekends And, you know, weekends are probably people aren't going to stay the whole time. But it's nice knowing that you could stay in a venue all day and Mm -hmm. just see a million things that are completely different. Or if you do see an act on the next show that was on the first, that that act's going to mix it up. I always... I always keep that in my mind. Think about it.
3: When we were kids <clears throat> and you went to go see a movie, I mean, how many, how many of the four of us did you guys ever stay at the theaters all day and jump from one movie bunny to another Bunny Hop, one another baby. One? No, but... We used to call it know, Bunny Hop. I'm telling you, if people you did, can create an experience... You don't it, remember it, much. <clears throat> people want us stay... <laughs> people don't want to leave. They really don't want to leave. If they go somewhere and you... Make them feel like that they can stick around for ten hours, they will do that more so than not. I really believe that look at Skangfest, fest man Sk- i mean they're, every they're, everything I think I think that festival concept if you can kind of tap into that kind of idea and and and, and, and just kind of really grab onto that people they they kind of lean in that way well, and
0: they're getting more immersed in comedy similar to like getting immersed in a music festival it's like yes. You want to just keep going and keep going, keep going. But before it was like so, like.
3: Well, because also you didn't dry. really listen. You didn't really know the comics as well. Mm-hmm. Comics now are really kind of becoming like personalities. They can and... yeah, they're creating their own little thing with the podcasting has been really really big, you know. And and I see it firsthand. You know, like we do when we do the roast battles, we push. We do the eight thirty show, and we always try to have people that are going to be judging or roasting on that 830 show, right? They're doing stand up. And then we always tell them, "Hey, if you like this show, these guys are going to be doing something totally different in the next show." Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be judging, these guys are roasting. Uh, you know, Nico's going to be, you know, the last comic's going to be hosting. So you're going to be seeing a lot of the same people but doing totally different shit. And we'll get like 20 people stay, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 then you have a guy like if you throw someone like an Andrew Scholes on that 830, People are fucking there for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's, it's, it becomes a very good experience for people. You, you know, funny. I've been friends with him <laughs> for 10 <laughs> years. Is he Schultz and not Schultz? Schultz. <laughs> I don't think Schultz. it's Schultz because there's no T. It's Schultz. It's Schultz. Schultz. (laughs) S-C-H-U-L-Z. I've called him Schultz for years. Have you seen the new
1: Tarantino? Uh,
3: Schultz. He's seen the new Tarantino three
2: times. (laughs) Three times. I have not not seen it yet.
1: I've only seen the ending twice, though, because I had to leave to make
3: 7 o'clock at your club. Are you the microphone with your mouth? Yeah, I'm going to put my tongue in it, too. uh, Here's the other thing, too. (laughs) I think this is what I think, this is what's really great about comedy now, I think, versus 15 years ago. I think 15 years ago, 10 years ago, people comics were using the same material over and over again i remember back at the strip seeing comics i fucking love it was the same same shit i see those same comics now and they're actually doing different stuff every time i think this whole thing and i think you know he who thou shall not be named but i'll name him louis i think really started that whole thing more than anyone doing different stuff whereas the old guard like a seinfeld he didn't believe in you know burning through material, like like a guy like Louis did. So, I think that creates well, there's a... there's just more medium for the content. Well, there's content,
1: but it's also you're, you... you. The thing is, are you really the same person when you wrote that joke two years ago? Right. I know it's going to take it pretentious, but if we are artists. I mean, we are more like the uh, carpenters of, of artists. Like, there is a little bit more workmanship and union clock in, clock out with us, but we're still artists, so it's like, you do tell a joke a million times, yeah. over and over. It's... It'll be more effective if it still somewhat matters in your heart. And years go on, and it, you might have distance from the honest place it came from, you know. Yeah. And it, the key is to try and write personal, right? And so I, I saw I saw a do a joke
2: that they they've been doing for years. He's like, he he finished. He just got done finish about all the, uh, the jokes about his girlfriend. Yeah. And then he's like, now I'm going to move into jokes where I wrote when I was single. So let's just pretend I didn't say last 15 minutes. And I just thought that was so funny. Just being like, yeah. <laughs> so here's a it. joke about me being single that happened five years ago. And it was just, I thought it was hilarious. I just thought the honesty of that was just brilliant. Well, that's good that they
3: did that. Yeah. And James, how long have you been doing comedy in New York for? Since '06. Wow. So yeah. you've been doing it for 13 years. Now, Other than your name changing a few times, what has been the biggest? <laughs> what, what are the differences you've been seeing in the comedy landscape? I like asking these questions. Well, I think James is the best guy to ask this question to. Such an Ed Bradley, what a journalist! <laughs> well, you are. you're the best guy to ask this question to because I always say you're you're everyone's six man, right? You're every club man. You What's are basically the staff. You're like, well, the uh, nice. you're like the extra staff at every club because you are the host at pretty much every club in the city. So I don't know where, where, where I'm like is a player this, coach Where is the state of comedy right now? the state of the comedian? <coughs> oh, okay uh, I
1: think it's healthy um, there's been evolution uh, that should's sure been discussed ad nauseum of the genre seems to be more storytelling now that has happened I think storytelling with punches, hopefully sometimes I've seen some storytelling without punches, and that's um boring and uh yeah, real self-indulgent.
0: I I mean I have a, I feel like com, comedians have become the envelope pushers of the world. Yeah. Like there just seems to be so much challenge and pushback. Can you I just want to feel
1: have, what? have, have a fever. <laughs> like,
0: what cuz I'm complimenting? Cause you're being nice about comedy? <laughs> I mean, come on James. I've known you probably longer than anyone at this point like in comedy. The tonation in your <laughs> voice right now. I've never heard this side of you. Oh god. Anywho, please,
1: please, you are my favorite person that I um, get to see on a regular basis, and it's such a treat to be on your podcast.
0: Okay, see, I was supposed to be the one that was supposed to be fake nice to I'm you today. Full of
1: love in my little TikTok. Here. Tables
0: have turned. Um, no, but I, I like. I just like Emilio said. It was nothing but the same set over and over. And I could, I could have rehearsed it. I could have done it for them, but now I just. Well, I also good. think
3: probably because Rachel, um, I think the comic didn't have to reinvent themselves as much because the audience, again, didn't have that much access to them. So True. it was different audiences all the time. I mean, I remember when we would, um, you know, promote uh, the comic strip back in the day, we used to promote Hard in the Neighborhood and people would, you know, we did, we would give away like eight tickets for 20 bucks, right? And people would always say to us, like, you know, I already went and, you know, I try to go again and I heard all the same stuff mm. and it's just like there's no point in going more than once. Whereas now... I feel like we do get, like you said, so much repeat because they are seeing comedians always working and on doing totally and trying yeah. new stuff. And it, it's, you know, it's a balance because on the other hand, we have had people come to the club and they'll be like, Oh, you know, the person was reading off a notebook or they were doing this or doing that. And then you have to say to them, well, you know, do you want to see them do the same stuff? And then we've had people complain, Oh, I saw this comic do the same stuff the yeah, other right. day, you know? So you're never going to win. So back to the point of playing back to the room, like, there is validity in that because the reality is sometimes the audience is wrong. Yeah. Sometimes the customer, well, the is, customer wrong. is
1: wrong. The customer is wrong. Why Why can't I get this drink free? Because it's a fucking business. Well, I should get a free drink. Well, you're wrong. It's yeah. just what it is, man.
0: How do you feel about reading off a notebook? I have a feeling about it. It is
1: unprofessional in a lot That's of ways. That's how I feel. But here's, here's the other thing. I don't mind looking at the phone once in a while. I look at it kind of like this. I think there's a divide when it's okay and when it's not. I feel, and you're going to feel different because you own a club probably, and it's fine. I think there's certain days of the week that I even wish people knew that those are the days of the week where comics were going to fuck around. I think you might even get better audiences. Well,
3: that's why there's new joke nights and so on. That's why we do. You know, yeah, yeah, I think
2: it's a great the thing. the show is really cool with that. Yes. Nice try.
1: I want people to know, like, I sometimes will make that if I'm hosting. Hey, It's, it's Tuesday. You're going to get people are gonna take chances. Like that and I think it's exciting. And I've seen comics like on a Tuesday show up with a notebook and dude it was really beautiful. One time it was just like a magical moment where the crowd just started clapping with them, goes, Hey, I'm gonna do a bunch of new jokes and you guys tell me if it's funny. And one dude in the audience lit up, goes, Yeah, and the rest of them fucking started clapping Like he was the captain of the football team. He's like, We're gonna stop them at the goal line. Yeah. Like they went nuts on that. And it was beautiful him working it out. I think during I'd say Thursday to Sunday Let's fuck like that's we're playing ball like that's real shit. People that's people's interesting analogy. Well, I'm good friends with Nathan McIntosh. So if it's like, hey, so what's going on? It's time to fuck man. We're bringing it like he well, that's his analogy for game on.
3: Yeah, there's I'm a way to there's just a way to do it. I there mean, mean look, a way. It, I don't mind look, do in the
1: middle of the
2: set
0: if it's for a few seconds fine, yeah, the but the if it act. becomes like you're pausing and you're just looking at the thing and it's just silence. It's just like, weird. well, that's a bad comic, but I've seen really good comics do it.
2: Uh, yeah. I guess that'd be opinionated, I guess, but I mean, I, yeah, I've Nikki. never, I've never seen a, a a a legit decent comic
3: stop the act to look at their notes. Oh, I've seen
0: it. Oh, I see it all the time, I see it all the time.
3: But again, there's a delicate way to do it. Like what James just said, if the comic prefaces it the right way, I, I think that people do rally around that. Or hide Like in the, the, the audience might be like, "Oh, great! Look, some comics go up there with a notebook and they just read from it, and it's almost like they're doing it. They don't, they don't even care." Like, they almost want to piss off the audience because they feel like in their way, and that's kind of how they're going to work through that joke or the new jokes, you know? They, they're just going to – look, it's a delicate thing. But to answer your question, if it was a question, I don't mind when a comic goes up there with um, a notebook, but they got to do it. it it's got to be – there's got to be a way to do it properly and more delicately. You know what I mean, and Make if, you're and, if you're and look, if you're being paid too, if you're being paid, you're getting paid. Like, yeah, come on, And now, it's then, a, then it's, the question. Well, you know, it's like if you're a guest spot, if you are, if you're, an, if you are like a comic. I'm not talking about like a huge guy, but if you're a comic who's had Comedy Central specials and Letterman or whatever late night stuff, and you go up there with a notebook and it's a guest spot, have at it. Yeah, it's a guest yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do 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 that. You know, and I think the host maybe the host should know and say, Hey, guys, we have a comic coming over here. let try some new stuff. There's just a way to do it. Yeah. And I have seen comics actually at other clubs um, go up there in our clubs, but I've seen my other clubs. It's almost like they, when you do that, it does give where they go up through the notebook and they're just reading from the notebook and the audience isn't vibing and isn't digging what they're doing. It does come across like they don't give, like they're just using the room as a workout when yeah. there are paying customers there. Yeah, look, every like, go club, to the
0: bars and do that. Like,
3: and listen, or come to late night, or do it. A, there, I think no mo- late night. Listen, Fun. dude, I think most clubs at this point have have so many different kinds of that shows that you can warning. do that shit on. Is what I'm saying. Yes. Not a Wednesday 8 p.m. or 9:15. Do it at the 11 o'clock show, or do a, a Sunday five o'clock. You know, we have a Sunday 5 o'clock where if you want to work shit out on, awesome, have at it. But there are just certain places and times. But again, as a comedy club owner, I always want comics to try new shit out. That's what I got frustrated with when you and I talked yes. about it. I like lost faith in comedy for like three days. But it's going to be good. But, uh, but well, then it turned. I fine.
1: think we're in a healthy place. You in Montreal, what a, great year. what a great week.
3: Yeah, Montreal's uh, great. Just
1: absolute, oh my God, great vibes that week. I'm to go one of these. Great. Years, right? Yeah, come. I saw some great comedy, Fearless People, and you heard a lot of good buzz coming out of every venue, and it was just wonderful. Do you yeah. get
0: comedied out after all that? Uh, I don't know if you
3: get comedied out per se, but you get you get comedy community out meaning like you just don't want to like, you're just, you're around the comics, the agents, the other comedy club owners, the people, the fucking, it's just a lot. And you just need like a few days to like, not like when I came back, I was like, I got right back into it. Cause an anniversary stuff. Mm. But then I crashed uh, for a few days and I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Mm. I don't want to deal with fucking anything. Like I just don't, but I, I still would have gone to a comedy show and watched comedy, if okay. that makes sense. Like, if I could have so went to the die club hard. and no one bothered me, I would have done that. But I was like, yeah, you, you get comedied out, to yeah. answer your question. All yes. right.
2: Well, <laughs> we're, we're going to have to rein it in a little bit. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't get to everything I wanted to talk to oh, you, But James, but what, do you, what, do you, what do you got? You got AC coming up this weekend, right? The Atlantic A-C- City
1: Comedy Club? Atlantic City Comedy Club. Changing worlds. Do you love Changing Atlantic City?
2: you love that little town? Or is it, you know... I know a lot of people are like. Ew. I'm from Las Vegas, so yeah, that's loaded. Yeah, that's what's what, kind of what I'm asking here. I don't
1: mind. I mean, I like casinos in a sense. Yeah, they're kind of interesting. I grew up hearing ching 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 that shit. <laughs> so it's it's that's how I sleep at night. So that'll be fun. Yeah. So when you go to
3: AC, are you is there like an inferior? Do you have like oh this is fucking the miners? I'm Vegas baby. It's kind of a it's
1: kind of a dirty Vegas. It's kind of like what the uh, Fremont Street was before the uh, it became a a real low level, dirty Disneyland. Yeah, but it's interesting. <laughs>
2: Old Vegas. So Atlantic City is like Old Vegas.
1: Without the, 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 but Fremont has become an interesting place though. Old Vegas, they, they put that dome over it. They tried to clean it up a bit. And then yeah. you can go a block off and it's restaurants and bars from New York and LA. But then they, you go three more blocks or less than and you can get stabbed while someone's selling you crack. They also have a restaurant
2: where if you're over 300 pounds, you eat for free. That's fun. What? Yeah. It's like called the Heart Attack or something. Oh, yeah. Like the Heart Attack Grill. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Good encourage encourage it. Yeah,
2: it's like well, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was a shy I was a shy like fifteen pounds under, so I had to pay oh for my, my dick. Do weigh you for? when you go yeah. in? I I don't know I don't know we didn't we didn't actually go in. I would think just, so. Yeah, I mean I think Yikes. it's kind of just like a fun gimmick, but whatever. We're not here to talk about that. But so anyways, um, well, James, when is your album being officially released? It
1: is coming out August sixteenth, Comedy Ooh, Records soon. iTunes. You can pre buy it August 9th you can buy it and then in a week it's going to be in your goddamn iTunes and it's and you'll be like, "Oh my goodness, look at that host or listen to that host. He's doing his thing and putting out material. This has been a journey. 2001 bombing in bars in LA where, or in Vegas where people were pissing away their rent money and their their meth money on um video poker machines trying to get their attention but uh leaving uh, for breaks from restaurant jobs, to go bomb for 10 minutes at another casino. Um, years of that, years of struggling in front of the family and friends and people saying you'll never do nothing. Years of not getting arrested here. This is a culmination, man. This is an album. This is a testament. This is what I'm giving to the world. And hopefully it's a good shot, but I feel good about it. It's uh, If you ever felt like you were the underdog if you've seen the new uh tarantino movie have you ever felt like the character easy breezy that dicaprio talks about in the novel slight spoiler relax (laughs) it's everybody everyone feels like they're easy breezy but i definitely have been easy breezy my whole life maybe never even got to that chance here is the chance um you'll be able to relate to this and it's all over the place just like most of our minds have fun with this um it's meant a lot to me i'd love for you all to come in for the uh for the victory list, no segues, a, right? One. No segues. Trust
0: me, I'd love to say something bad, but I can't. So. Oh, you will. You're no segues. <laughs> James Madden album coming out
1: August sixteenth. August sixteen. Eight sixteen. Eighteen years in the making. Years in the making. Eight sixteen means a lot. I grew up a Niners fan. Eight. 8- Steve Young, 16, oh, Joe Montana. Put those together. Five Super Bowl rings. Five Super Wait, Bowl hey, rings. are you still a Niners fan? No, man. I'm a, I'm a Raiders, Raiders fan, fan because now. they're
3: moving to Vegas, baby. Even, you were a Raiders fan before they were moving to Vegas, I thought. Yeah, well, I,
1: it was one of those things that always I should have been because my uncles are. I, I drink coffee out of Raider mugs when I come back for the holidays, and it's cool. Raiders fans are interesting because people think of them as just like straight up like um, people who drink Maniacs? blood from your neck. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they're basically two groups. So it's like your you're crazy people and like your chulo gangsters and like straight clean cut businessmen, which is like a couple of my uncles. So it's what it is. Like, hey, how how are you? The yeah. also a Raiders fan with, hey, man, I'm going to stab you. Yo, Kenny Stabler was the shit. Yeah. Just
2: like, that's it. Don't get frostbite.
0: All right. Well, oh, give me your smart. IG and Twitter and all that stuff, too.
1: James L. Madden, I think there's an underscore y'all adults you'll figure it out, man
0: <laughs> thank you James what a treat Rachel what a can I just it has tell been. you
1: to hang out with such quality human beings and especially <laughs> you being the four person of that I wouldn't say uh four man because I don't want to f- offend anybody, but um four person no fine, whatever why <laughs> you got roll- you know what it was, the was four a treatment right here it was great for you to roll your eyes at me at the end you tried not to roll eyes the whole time you did great I did I did I did well There was barely any side eye this episode <laughs>
2: well thanks James thank, thank you for coming Nick. in thank uh, you, me and you're going to have to catch up on wrestling on another episode perhaps
1: yes buddy maybe we'll make
2: a bonus episode I don't know we'll see what happens
1: Patreon
0: baby
2: yeah that's right All right. big shout out to Coffee Bean Direct thanks for listening thank
0: you for listening to This Is Not A Green Room we are available wherever you get your podcasts including Stitcher SoundCloud Apple Podcasts and iTunes as well as the Laughable app and wherever you're listening to us please subscribe and give us a five star rating so that other people can find us and love us too you can find us online at Not A Green Room on Instagram and Twitter and you can check out the club at New York comedy on Twitter and NY comedy club on Facebook and Instagram.